Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Show. I am your host, Tim Holloway, and I'm glad to be back at you again. Hey, look, if you stumbled upon the show, you're a Christian man inside of recovery and you want to live an awesome spirit-filled life, you have stumbled onto the right place, and I'm glad that you're here. Uh, so we're going to jump into the recovery quote of the day, and it goes like this. Recovery is acceptance that your life is in shambles and you have to change. Man, I really like this quote. You know, I found myself four or five years ago uh, sitting all alone, uh, drunk, playing music, um, and just in this funk and this depression. And I began to look at the different areas of my life, and uh, they were gradually deteriorating and falling apart. And so I can highly relate to the message that this quote is trying to convey, and that is really looking at your life and seeing that it's not uh, up to par, um, it's in shambles, it's kind of in disarray, and that something needs to happen, uh, something needs to change. Now, here's the deception in this. That sometimes our life is not completely uh, non-operational, right? Uh, a lot of us can function uh, very highly inside of our addictions. I functioned highly for a long period of time. And what that means is that I was able to hold a job. I was able to be a law-abiding citizen. I was able to keep myself out of jail. I was able to do a lot of things that kind of um, went to this deception that everything is okay. And so that's what I want to talk about for a second, because there's a lot of people that believe that their life has to be in total shambles uh, for them to begin to reach out in this recovery journey or to begin to reach out and have a relationship and an experience with God. And I'm, I'm telling you that this is just not the case. Um, you don't have to fall uh, to the bottom. You don't have to hit rock bottom. Uh, you can actually create a bottom for yourself. And what this looks like is, you know, what you look at uh, the areas of your life that are very dissatisfying and they are consequences to the addiction. So if it's uh, if you're addicted to pornography or you're addicted to alcohol, to drugs, to, to shopping, you look at the area of your life where that is highly affecting that area. For example, if it is uh, shopping, then it is highly affecting your bank account, right? And it may not be affecting the other areas as much, though pretty soon it's going to affect your relationships and, and et cetera. It will consume each area. But as of right now, it's only affecting your bank account. You can look at that and say, you know what? I don't like the negative consequences that I'm experiencing inside of my financial area of life, my bank account, and I want to begin to change. And so that's what we're talking about here inside of this quote is that acceptance looking at your life, looking at the area of your life that your addiction is affecting and saying, you know what, something has got to change in this area for me to get more healthy, for me to get better inside of this area. You know, there's this other quote, and it reminds me of this, uh, nothing changes if nothing changes, right? And that we really have to want change um, to really begin to go on the path to change. And I get questions all the time, you know, how do I help my son and my daughter change? And the reality is, is that people are not going to change until they're ready. And what that means is that there's got to come a certain amount of disgust. 
And disgust is the motivator that begins to propel change. And that is if I get disgusted enough about the situation and I get uh, uh, the full effect of the consequences and I begin to dislike them in a very powerful manner, then I'm going to begin to change. And that is this, that your whole life doesn't have to be in the pit, but you can look at the pit that you have created inside of, let's just say your marriage. If you are addicted to pornography and it is affecting your marriage and you're looking at the lack of intimacy, the lack of communications, and you really look at that and you see the negative consequences that are beginning to happen inside of your life, you can build up a disgust for what is going on. And that disgust will propel you into the change that you are looking for. And a lot of times we begin to wonder, why am I so disgusted? Why are the why am I so discontented? Why am I so unhappy? And the reality is, is that disgust, that unhappiness is meant to propel you forward into the change that you are longing for. And so in that moment, I think it's very important to get thoroughly acquainted with the disgust and begin to really write down the reasons why you are disgusted with yourself with your bank account, with your body, with your marriage, with whatever area of your life that your addiction is strongly affecting, begin to write down all the reasons why you are disgusted and sit and bask in the disgust for a little bit. And that will propel you into some radical change that is needed inside of your life. I love that quote. Um, Awesome. So recovery question of the day. What is the biggest lesson you have learned on this recovery journey? I think, well, there's a lot of them. Um, The first one, I think, is that holistic living just doesn't happen, right? I don't just wake up one morning and I live holistically and I I find some sort of fulfillment inside of life. Uh, A lot of these things are created, and I think one of the biggest truths, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it at some time, that uh, I am uh, uh, made in the image of God and uh, that I am a creator just like he is. I'm not the creator, but I'm a creator. And that is I've been created in his image and he was, and he is a creator and I am made by him and I have the same passion to create. Uh, This is what I'm doing right now, uh, speaking to you. I'm creating content. I'm creating something for you to build yourself up and to be encouraged. And so this shouldn't like surprise us that, um, that we have the identity of a creator. Now, with that in mind, one of the greatest revelations that I have that I need to co-create with God, right? And that is that God wants to create something awesome and powerful inside of my life. And he wants me to walk holistically and live uh, uh, the abundant life and the fulfilled life that he has called me to live, and that it's not going to happen unless I get engaged in the process. And that is that I need to begin to align myself to his will and begin to co-create with him. And that means that I need to look at the areas of my life that are causing me the, the most dissatisfaction and say, you know what, I'm going to begin to yield myself to God. I'm going to begin to align myself with his will. And therefore, I think this is one of the greatest lessons. The next uh, lesson I think that I've learned in the past is that um, all things work together for good. Those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. 
You know, on this recovery journey, we're facing a lot of things and it's not easy, right? We're facing triggers, we're facing temptations, we're facing, you know, all these things that we need to do, take responsibility, stop making excuses and all these different things that are just powerful things that we need to begin to walk in. And it's not easy. And it comes struggle, there comes difficulty, there comes challenges. Uh, these past uh, four years of my life has been a uh, one challenge after another. And I can tell you, grasping hold of this truth, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose is a truth that I have just decided to to grab onto and to hold onto. And, and it has been very, very uh, powerful lesson for me. And I've seen it manifested in a powerful way. So moving on. So we are in Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verse 2. We are talking about, of course, to know wisdom and to know instruction, and that our eyes uh, and our heart and uh, the eyes of our heart would begin to perceive the words of understanding. Now, wisdom is knowing and experiencing the things that are freely given to us by God. Uh, 2 Peter 1.3 says this, according to his divine power. He has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and to vir virtue. And so the first part in this is the reality that he has given and that God has uh, distributed everything that humanity needs, right? We don't. I don't know if we fully understand what has taken place through the cross, through uh, Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, but what has taken place is this, is that God has distributed and released everything that humanity needs. And what that means is that I'm not waiting for him to free me. Um, I need to believe in the truth that I am free. I'm not waiting for him to forgive me. I am I am waiting for my, my mind to begin to grasp the reality that I am forgiven. And so what this means is that God has radically displayed uh, his part and has done his part, and that now is the opportunity for me to begin to trust God, exercise my faith, and begin to respond to what he has already done. And that is it changes my belief system, my mindset, and it begins to change my life. So he has given, and uh, Peter says here that he has given all things. Now, there's not anything within this realm that he has withholded from us. And the reason why uh, Peter said that all things is because all things <laughs> have been accomplished and has been provided. And so when, when Jesus died and he said it, it, it is finished, <clears throat> it really was finished. And that as far as God is concerned, his work and what his part and what he has to do has been accomplished. And so he has given us all things. And then Peter goes into uh, uh, all things that pertain to life. And that is, you know, our reality, our very existence. You know, inside of life, um, there is um, what the scientists call and the psychologists and all them, the hierarchy of human needs, right? And that is a, you know, security, safety, belonging, connection, uh, and uh, fulfillment and, and stuff like that are all attached to this basic human needs that we have. And really looking at the scripture and understanding that as we begin to, to walk with God, we begin to understand that the Lord is my shepherd and that I shall not want. 
and that he is there to lead me. He is there to guide me. He is there to correct me, but also he is there to give me life and life more abundantly. And then as I begin to walk with him, I, the, the needs are met. Uh, if there's anything that you get through reading the scriptures, it is the Lord is the supplier of those needs, right? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And so he is a provider of those spiritual needs, but he will lead us onto a path where our needs are met and where we are taken care of physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in this holistic uh, frame of mind. So he has given us all things that pertain to life. He has given us all things that pertain to godliness. And what this means is that, um, think about it this way, is that the Spirit of God has come to live with us and inhabit it with us. And this is the Spirit that created the universes, right? And so within that is all that we need, all the power that we need to live a godly life is accessible to us. I'll say that once again, because I think if we grab this truth, our recovery journey will be a lot more powerful, right? Is that the Spirit of God, the power of God is operating inside of our lives, and we have the power that we need to live an abundant life already. Now, the only thing that needs to begin to take place is that, of course, that we acknowledge that we have the access to the resources and then begin to step up and begin to take those resources, right? Um, let, let me put it to you this way. I was uh, um, passed from pillar to post when I was a little kid, living with my, my mother, my grandmother, my, my stepmother, my father, and like uh, auntie, and like literally just passed from pillar to post, right? And that is that I never had uh, emotional security. Uh, any sort of security I had was taken away. Um, when I was living with my grandmother for three years, um, she died uh, suddenly. And um, so there's this sense of abandonment uh, inside of my life. Well, as I uh, began to progress and a family from church took me in and they took me in as their own and, and said, you know, you're a part of the family, you're our child. And that was the reality, right? This is the reality that you have a place here in this family and that you are our child. But of course, me coming from a rejected mindset and, and an abandoned mindset and just being the unaffirmed child that I was, you know, I didn't recognize what was being presented before me. And I definitely didn't take advantage of the opportunities that were provided uh, for me, right? Or that were open to me. And so this is what begins to happen in the realm of faith. We come to God as this rejected and this abandoned child. He says, um, you, you have a place in this family. You could come to the table. Uh, you could take advantage of this opportunity. And uh, you are mine. You belong here, right? And we could still not understand or fully grasp what is being presented to us. And even if we do understand it, uh, we could fail to take uh, uh, take God up on his offer. And the reality is, is that he is a great king, right? He is the king of the universes and that he has created all things and he is all powerful and all these things. And he's daddy, right? And he is our father. And he has, he has bidden us to come to his table uh, we come to him as adopted children and that he has accepted us into a family and we have the right to be at his table, but still we act like paupers, right? 
because we don't fully understand what is being offered and we don't fully take advantage of the privileges of sonship. And it's not God's fault. God has provided the table. God has provided the forgiveness, the access, the peace with him. God has provided the relationship. God has done all these things as far as his part. Now, our part is to see and understand. This is what we're talking about, wisdom. Wisdom is seeing and understanding what has been freely given to us by the Spirit of God and understanding that we have a place at his table and that we have access to his resources. And that the power that I need to overcome this addiction has been provided to me. That I don't need to try to muster up the willpower on my own. That I don't need to, you know, join the next seminar, the next crusade, or I don't need the prophet and the man of God to lay his hand on me and all these. I don't need anything else. What I need is to understand and thoroughly grasp wisdom and what has been available and what has been provided to me. I may have shared this before, but use this analogy for a second. That you are a millionaire. You are an heir to a fortune, right? How is that going to affect your life if you're not aware of it? Not much, right? Let's say you're living in a trailer park and you're just barely getting by. Um, you're pawning stuff, barely barely making it. Uh, end of the month, you're doing payday advances and uh, you're just the snowball effect of just uh, uh, of disappointment and frustration, right? Now, you're living in this state and condition, but the reality is that you're a millionaire, right? And that you have all the resources and all the power that you need to be successful in life but you don't know it. Now, I find this to be the case uh, among Christian men is that, that we don't thoroughly understand what has been provided. We don't understand that God has done his part. And we don't understand what is available to us. So we go on and live continually in our life of frustration defeat because we don't, we don't know the truth. We don't know who we are. We don't know what we have access to. We don't understand the capabilities of the Spirit of God that begins to operate inside of our life, right? And here, here's the even worse condition, okay? I'm going to share with you an even worse condition than that, is that we are aware of who we are. And we are aware of the power and the access and the ability and the capabilities that we have. We're aware of all of those things, but we fail to utilize them. That's even worse condition. That's like this. Okay, you know you're a millionaire and the money has been transferred to your account. And it is present there inside of your account. Uh, it's in your name. Uh, you have possession of it, but yet you still decide to live like a pauper, that you still decide to live like a beggar, right? Now, that is a terrible state and condition. Um, so what it would behoove us or what would wisdom would say, you know what? I know what's in, I know who I am. I know what I have. <clears throat> I know the resources that are available to me. I know that, um, that all the power of heaven is available to me to begin to uh, reign in life, right? 
that I see that, I recognize that, I receive that, and I go and I make my withdrawals. What does that look like? That looks like whenever I need power to have an awesome marriage, I can tap into the resource and the ability to begin to carry that out. Whenever I want to have an awesome spiritual life, I go to there and I tap into the resources that give me the power to carry that out. Now, the reality with this is, is that we are close to God as we want to be. And we are as close to God as we decide to be because we have access to the power and the resources to begin to do awesome and amazing things. It's looking at our financial life and saying, you know what? Uh, I'm living below my potential, that I have the potential to do far more and far greater, and that I am going to tap into that account and I'm going to access that power to begin to walk in wisdom, to begin to manifest uh, greater results inside of my financial life. And the same is true inside of our body. You know, I've been on this process for a couple years of pursuing health, and there have been behavior changes that have been uh, manifested uh, very powerfully inside my life. And I know as the next two years begin to progress, uh, I'm probably going to be in the best shape of my life. Now, the reality is, is that it has been a process. You look at me now and you don't see where I was to where I am, uh, but you also don't see where I'm going, right? And all of these begin, uh, these behavior changes that begin to happen, drinking a lot of water, staying away from the, the carbonation and the sugars and all these different things, uh, they manifest over a period of time. And what you're doing now will manifest in a couple years time and it's going to be something amazing. But here's the reality. We have to begin to tap into the resources and the power to make that a reality. So look at it this way. Uh, God has given all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Boom. Done on his part. In the bank account, right? In the account. Ready for your recognition. Ready for you to, um, to make a withdrawal. Okay? Get the picture. And... How do we gain access to this, right? That's that's the ultimate question. So God has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. It's there, it's present, it's ready. How, what is the access point to this, right? That'd be the first question. If you're heir to a million dollars and you had all these resources available to you, the first question we ask is, how do I get it, <laughs> right? By what means, by what agency uh, can this be accomplished? Please let me know. And I'm so uh, extremely grateful that God doesn't just say, you know, I have all these resources available to you. Uh, I have all these things, you know, at your disposal. Good luck on finding them, <laughs> right? That's just, that's just not the way God works. So it does take wisdom, though, to understand. And here's, here's the understanding. Uh, that God has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness through, through. Say through with me, through. Now, through is a word called a channel. It's a conduit. It's from point A to point B, right? Uh, much like electricity uh, has a conduit, much like water has a conduit, uh, uh, it's a distribution channel. 
And that is for for it to get to point A to point B is the through, is the channel and the means of distribution. Okay? So God has these resources. He has everything available to us, and we gain access through. You following me? Because this is a powerful reality. Through. Knowing of him. Knowing him. That has called us to glory and virtue. And this is why we've taken so long on knowing wisdom. Is because this is the number one key ingredient to living a empowered life. And that is through knowing him. You ask me, what's the channel to what how well, how can I live the abundant life? How can I begin to manifest the fruit of the spirit? How can I begin to walk in godly wisdom? How can I begin to do whatever, right? And the answer is this, through. Through the knowledge, through, through, the, through the agency, through knowing and be intimately acquainted with him that has called us to glory and virtue. You see, the Bible says this, that seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added unto you. And what this means is that God is the priority. God is the gift, right? We're looking for all these gifts, right? We want the manifestation of health. We want the manifestation of financial prosperity. We want the manifestation of, of all these different things, right? Not understanding that we get distracted by the byproducts. And that is we get distracted by the the gifts and we don't really get intimately acquainted with the gift giver. And so what I'm talking about here today is powerful recovery is to know wisdom. The Bible says this, is that uh, in Galatians 1.4, that he gave himself for our sins, Right? And so understanding that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What we thoroughly understand in this reality is that God is the gift and that he is gift was himself. And so when we talk about all the resources of heaven and all of these things, these are all a byproduct of knowing him. And when we seek the, the gifts instead of the gift giver, we neglect the channel through which everything comes. And all of these things will be added unto you are the things that men seek. I don't know about you. I don't know any man that doesn't want a, a healthy marriage that is thriving with intimacy and, and sex and, and all of these different things, right? I don't know a man who who doesn't want his needs met. I don't know a man who doesn't uh, uh, want to be uh, connected with God. Now, I'm talking about Christian men here, right? Is that I don't know men who, do, who don't want these things. But the reality is, is this, is that when God becomes our focus, when he becomes our priority, when he becomes our everything, then we come into a state that is far different. Uh, we come into a state of ease where all these things are added unto us. 
And that is, Jesus said this, don't take no thought about what you'll eat or what you wear or what you drink and all these things. For all of these things, the Gentiles seek, right? But then he said, seek first the kingdom of God. That is an awesome, awesome reality of what God has given us through his, through his spirit is a relationship with himself. Now, I want you to look at your life and say, you know what? Am I putting God first? Am I putting God first inside of my marriage? Am I putting God first inside of my spiritual life? Am I putting God first inside of my body? And am I putting God first inside of my financial life? And if you're not putting God first, make a commitment. You know what? God, I'm going to give you priority. And I understand that relationship with you is paramount and above all these things. And once I can begin to grasp and understand that, I can begin to take the power of God inside of all these other areas of my life when I put him first. That is a powerful reality. I'll see you soon, brothers. Peace.